0: This it just said the recording has finished. It's moving along quite nicely now.
1: Oh, there we go. Look at that. It's all dialed in.
0: It's all dialed in, but it looks still. I'm getting like none of the uh, the the beep beep beep. You know any any of that the waveform. I'm not getting the waveform. Wow, my brain is working perfectly already. I'm seeing
1: I'm seeing a scrolling waveform. I say uh, it'll add a nice sort of uh, a bit of energy to the episode. Oh for sure. If we just if we just dive in with the anxiety that everything that
0: we're saying might might be going off into just the the recycling bin. Yeah. Uh Bill Gates will be listening to this uh while he's sipping a mai tai with uh his his I guess his wife whose entire identity has been scrubbed from existence. Like she doesn't even have a name anymore. Oh, I
1: whatever. Meant- ha- yeah, what did they they, they they were splitting apart, right?
0: Oh yeah, Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates uh, did 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 the big did the big rip. Uh, they I don't know why I'm calling divorce a rip. But <laughs> that's not a normal way. Everybody ever
1: remember it. that hilarious movie about divorce that came out in 1987 called The Big Rip. The title was in giant red letters on yeah. the white background of the poster. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah, it was uh it was closely uh right on the heels of uh of what was it, the big chill. So the yeah. big chill ended up stealing all the, the Oscar buzz uh that, that year. But the big rip there just wasn't like a death amongst friends. It was just like someone someone got divorced. Uh, yeah, Right? That's that's the the plot of the big
1: Yeah, but it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. This this really tragic circumstance yeah. in so in in this in this couple's life was uh was hilarious because it was just still such a novel uh
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. Um All right. All right. Uh, The big, the big rip. uh, rip. Can y'all tell that we have nothing going on in Formula One this week? Uh, I mean, we, there's so much going on in Formula One, but.
1: There is, there is so much for nothing going on. There's a lot going on right now.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's get into it. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our podcast about Formula One here in the US. I am one of the hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I am an improviser, writer, and comedian, actor, all that stuff. Multi-hyphenate, as it were, out here in Los Angeles
1: what's up this is john lapore my multi hyphens hyphons (laughs) are uh the designer creative leader futurist who hates the word futurist all those Mm -hmm. things uh Mm -hmm. and uh yeah welcome to welcome to summer break it is the four four weeks four weekends consecutive i guess yeah with no racing uh you know, a uh, little bit past the technical middle of the season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. little summer break. Everybody gets to get some R and R and uh, in a
0: normal formula one season, this would be the midpoint, but because we have an abundance of races this year, yeah. uh, that's what that's what's going on. So we're a little over the halfway point, but it's usually like right before the midway point. This usually marks halfway through the F one season, which also means Silly season is upon us, John. Uh, what 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 the hell is silly season for those newly anointed fans here in in the states? What what do we what do we know about so, silly season?
1: So silly season is, despite the name, is not what we call uh, the the Ferrari Formula One teams season thus far this yeah, year. Yeah, it is. It is a a term that is often used. Typically, silly season unfolds. Uh, between the end and the beginning of a new season of Formula One, although there are moments where it can pop up uh, anywhere throughout the season. And effectively, Silly Season is all about the moment one driver changes teams or is fired from a team or moves on to another sport or retires or whatnot. There is uh, sometimes it is something that goes by without much impact. And sometimes it stirs a frenzy of musical chairs, of drivers switching teams, new drivers entering the sport, uh, mm-hmm. you know, current drivers exiting the sport, and mm-hmm. uh, we certainly have triggered a a surprisingly dramatic uh, and entertaining silly season, all all triggered off of what we were talking about a bit. Uh, last week on the F1 Files, which was Sebastian Vettel announcing his retirement at the end of the season, so yeah. that has that has opened up a seat uh, with Aston Martin Racing, and uh, basically shortly after uh, we recorded last week's episode, uh, the silly season got extra silly. Corey, would you like to kind of outline the first? Uh, clown ball rolling down the, the hill that slowly became an avalanche
0: well let's well first we do have to to go back all the way to i think it was three weeks ago when or maybe it was a full month when there were rumors about daniel ricardo not coming back to formula one so that was kind of like the preview to what we were about to get once Seb announced his retirement. So,
1: and and just to talk about that real quick, I, the yeah. sense that I got was that there wasn't necessarily a singular like rumor that like, hey, it's been heard through the grapevine that that Danny Rick might leave F one. I think it's just been everybody looking at his uh, surprisingly poor performance all mm-hmm. season. The fact that he has a very expensive contract with mercedes and i think everybody has just been saying uh, like, mclaren Man. mclaren has, uh, sorry has yes thank yeah. you yeah.
0: thank you it's, thank you. it's uh, fine hard to keep it straight uh, driving
1: driving for mcdonald's um yeah. <laughs> he he's uh he is uh you know having this awful season has basically put a really negative spotlight on danny rick yeah. Which I think many many in the sport feel really terrible about it, like because he's he's the guy that like almost universally everyone wants to see succeed. Um, but and everyone he just is
0: the most successful driver on the grid who is also not in contention for the world championship. He's got the yeah. most race wins out of any of the F1 drivers outside of uh who who's I think Max has more wins than Danny Rick, but outside of that on the grid, no one else other than Well, I'm
1: sure I'm sure like Fernando but like has- it was but,
0: but Fernando is a world champion. Uh that oh, right, right, okay, okay. Yeah, Lewis yeah, yeah. is a world champion. And yep. then there's Danny Rick who's like definitely hasn't been in the like in the conversation about being a world champion. Other than he he, he has something
1: like seven or eight race wins. Yeah. I think it's Um, eight.
0: I think it's eight race wins. The most recent one is a McLaren win, which was the first time McLaren had won a race in a decade. So like he is not just a beloved person and personality in the sport, but he's also an accomplished race winner. And the wins that he's had have been like pretty significant. And pretty iconic i mean there's the the picture of him winning the monaco grand prix and doing that swan dive into the swimming pool at red bull like there's so many moments in the past since he came into the sport where you're just like oh danny rick is he is f1 like he is yeah he was like the bridge between the old guard and like the new group of brits who are taking this sport by storm he was like the personality that kind of was fusing that um, so yeah.
1: so with with his poor performance this season, mm-hmm. everyone has just been basically looking at the way that the the cutthroat manner in which the teams are operated. Yeah. And everybody has just started assuming uh, there's a really tired. good chance
0: he's. He was tired after one race and they were like, well, what do you think? You know, what's going on here? And he made reference to his contract being up at the end of 2023. But in his mind he was already in the 2023 season so he was Mm -hmm. like well my contract is up at the end of this year and everyone was like excuse me you wait your contract is up at the end of 2022 and this was after the interview happened that like journalists and f1 picked up on it and they were like wait did danny rick just say he's leaving mclaren at the end of this year and then he came out and clarified he's like i was just tired after the race i misspoke i have a contract through 2023 everybody calm down i'm fully intending on driving for McLaren next year. And everyone was like, oh, they kind of started to let their breath out. But then McLaren did not back that statement up with an official statement saying that is correct. Danny Ricardo is our man for next year. So everyone kind of had this like, huh? Well, it was on Danny to kind of declare it, but I guess he didn't really have to. And if anything, McLaren should have come out and supported his like statements saying that he does have a contract for next year, ah, but, eh, and then a race happened and then Seb announced his retirement. So we kind of forgot about Danny Ricardo in limbo. Uh, yeah. So, so this yeah. was all
1: precursor to the silly season melee that unfolded.
0: Yeah. So that um, was the stage that was set for silly. That season. was the
1: stage that was set and everybody's, you know, starting to think, okay, there's going to be some moves that, that can happen and can unfold. What was the
0: next big, so after so again this this kind of started up the conversation of who's going to go where when when there was a, a a potential for Danny's seat to be open people started speculating on some of these other people who were out of contract next year going to McLaren so people were saying well Pierre Gasly is out of contract at the end of this year maybe he'll leave AlphaTauri and go to a team that could be a potential race winning team everyone thinks that pierre deserves a race winning car and this year he hasn't performed that well but over the course of his time at alpha tower he's really showed up so people were like well maybe he'll get that seat uh and fernando alonso came into discussion because it was like oh well what about fernando like he's going to be driving for alpine but there was a seat that was guaranteed to one of the Alpine reserve drivers, Oscar Piastri. We'll come back to him in a moment. Uh, but that whole thing was like, oh, well, Fernando, what's going on? And someone, I think Rosanna uh, Tennant interviewed him before the race, and they're like, well, what's going on with you with your like seat next year? And he's like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not worried. We're going to be all sorted by the end of the year. Uh, I'll I'll know exactly what my destiny is." So everyone was like, "Okay, cool." Fernando kind of brushed that off. So we'll put a pin in that for a sec. Uh, and then there was the discussion of, oh, "Okay, well, if Seb is retiring, who's going to take that seat at Aston Martin?" And that was kind of this thing that was hanging over the race weekend. And everyone was like, "Hmm." could that be Mick Schumacher could Mick Schumacher step up because he's out of contract at the end of this year and wouldn't that be a poetic uh hand you know handing over of the baton from from Seb to Mick Schumacher like giving him potentially a race winning vehicle or at least more race winning than Haas has been over the past couple of years so people were like oh well maybe that's going to happen and then Fernando that little <laughs> just Chuck's deuces at Alpine after the race weekend, after there was some like weirdness that happened between him and Esteban in the race, multiple like hmm, weird moments between teammates where Esteban was being a little bit aggressive in his defense. And there was a radio communication that came over uh, after Fernando was cut off by Esteban early in the race. And he was like, I've never seen any defending like that in my entire life, which means Fernando was saying, hey, my teammate just did some raw sh- to me, and it wasn't legal in any stretch, like, in any scenario. Um, like, whether we're world championship uh, competing rivals, whether we're not teammates or whatever. Now, this is Fernando Alonso who drove against Lewis Hamilton right so and there was like a lot of sh- between Lewis and Fernando uh so for him to say i've never seen anything like that people were like whoa that was weird uh and then <laughs> uh later in the race i went back and listened to the radio after like the the second coming together almost of them and alonso came on the radio and to his engineer said do you want me to slow down now Folks, if you're not familiar with Formula One, that might sound a little bit innocuous. Fernando Alonso does not drive slow. He does not drive slow. He does not yield to anyone. So for him to come on the radio to his race engineer immediately after he almost passed his teammate, who he kind of came together with earlier in the, in the race, for him to calmly come on on the radio and say, "Would you like me to slow down?" was to me, I was like, oh. Fernando's got a problem here. Like, that's not a thing. That was too cool for him to. That was too much of a high tension scenario for him to just be okay with and respond with Do you want me to slow down me, Fernando Alonso, who will do everything and anything to gain a position on track uh, (laughs) at any point, even during like a non competitive season for a non points paying position? He'll still compete for position. So when he said, I'll slow down, oof. Also, we brought up like Otmar Safnauer before he was really brought on to Alpine. We were like joking about the fact that Fernando was kind of the head of that team. Like he was running Alpine for the most part um, because there was no team principal who could really direct that team more than Fernando was directing that team already. So uh, all of this is setting the stage for one of the most beautiful Alonso moments ever which is at the end of the weekend, uh, after he alluded to his future being sorted, he drops, oh, hey, Alpine, I'm chucking deuces. I'm out of here. I'm not driving for you next year. I'm actually going to be driving for Aston Martin. (laughs) I'm going to take Seb's seat. Phenomenal. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely love it. It was so good. It was like someone took uh, a grenade, stuffed it in a hornet's nest, and then dropped that, hornet's nest with a live grenade into just like an entire room filled with other hornet's nests just like absolutely setting everything into chaos the, nothing was going to make sense at that time so alpine panics they panic and they release a statement saying oh that's okay well with fernando alonso leaving that's fine we're just going to promote our junior driver oscar piastri
1: now this happened who everyone who everyone has been expecting to see enter formula one at any moment yeah Um, and so
0: like you got the seat at alpha romeo everyone was like hey that should have been oscar piastri's seat like it was this is And even last year, people were like, when's Oscar coming into F1? Like, what is going on? If Lewis had won the championship and then retired out of Abu Dhabi, and then there was a free seat at Mercedes, I think we would have seen Piastri in F1 this year. Like, absolutely. If there was a free seat, it was going to go to him. So, of course, it made sense for Alpine to say, we're going to promote our junior driver who we have already promised a seat in F1 to. Like... This is Otmar Safnauer's deal with with Piastri. This was like a very personal deal where he was like, if you drive for us this year, if you continue to be our reserve driver and junior driver, we guarantee we will find a seat for you in Formula One next year, whether it's with us or whether it's with someone else, you will be guaranteed a seat. So Alpine drops this uh, announcement on Twitter uh, and they do this at like what was it like 1 a.m australia time so they do this while piastri's still asleep while he's completely unaware of i mean he probably heard that uh, fernando was like leaving but there was no official announcement because i heard that that yeah. happened within like no one knew about that including alpine which is why it freaked everybody out at Alpine. And they were like, oh God, we have an empty seat and we look like idiots. We now look like idiots. Uh, we let a world championship driver leave and we're just getting good. And he has gotten our our best results and has like taught our junior driver to really show up and fight like a world champion. So, oh my God, we need someone to back that up. And Oscar Piastri wakes up, sees all of these notifications, I'm sure, and just tweets out, a beautiful statement, very politely, but firmly saying, I understand that Alpine has said I'm going to be one of their drivers next year. We are not under contract. This is not official. I don't know what they're talking about.
1: Um, I mean, effectively said, I, I will not be. He wasn't even saying like we haven't ironed out the details yet. He just said, oh, uh, FYI, I know they said this. That's not happening. That's not how will, it is. I will not be. I will not be driving for them.
0: Yeah, next it's like season. It's like if you were like to 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 kind of. It's it's like you went to like uh, this amazing live sporting event. It's like when someone proposes to their significant other at like in like public. And yeah. that significant other goes, no, I'm not doing this. Like, And the and, person that proposed stands up and shouts, she said yes. Yeah, and then th- she immediately stands up and shoves him down and goes, I did not say yes, y'all. No way. And also, we talked about this already. Like, it's the biggest embarrassment that I've seen, which is like Ferrari is they've been doing great at embarrassing themselves. Mercedes did a phenomenal job of embarrassing themselves uh, this year with like their like slim, no pod design. And then the car was damn near bouncing off the track. And it was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. we screwed up. Uh, Ferrari's strategy. Oh, we screwed up. Red Bull's reliability. Oh God, you should really be giving Max and Checo like a competitive car and let them world, you know, win the world championship in earnest. And then Alpine's like, Uh, in the most American terms, hold my beer. And Mm -hmm. they have become one of the biggest embarrassments within F1, and that's still what's going on right now. So that is what's happening in Silly Season. Piastri has said that he's driving for McLaren. That's not an an official deal, but that is almost certainly what's happening, which now means Danny Ricardo doesn't have a seat. So like this is Danny, Danny
1: Ricardo has no seat. There's also been mention of uh, Zach Brown at McLaren, potentially mm-hmm. having multiple other drivers that yep. have been expecting to have the seat that is, is almost certainly
0: going to Piastri. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got uh, a pa- O'Ward, award, uh, the Indy driver who has mm-hmm. been um, not guaranteed, but has been, um there's has been encouraged uh, <laughs> uh into F one. He did a test. Uh who else did we have? Who did a test last in uh, it Col-
1: Colton Herda? Colton
0: Herda. Yep. So he's one of the 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 F one drivers. We've got Logan Sargent, uh who is um uh he is an American who I believe is in that pool as well, <laughs> has been offered that seat or is maybe having that seat. I mean,
1: it's a good it's a good thing that McLaren has multiple different race teams yes. as well, because I feel like that's their that's their only way of of handling this. And I do think there's a world where like we actually see like, yeah, Daniel Ricardo's racing in 2023, but in Indy. Yeah, for or, Arrow, or something, for McLaren you know? yeah.
0: Arrow. Yeah, yeah. So, and that that is also part of that statement that Danny put out way back when, when the rumors were swirling, was he was like, I am driving for McLaren next year. He did not say McLaren F1, and he has expressed interest in driving in other series. And there were rumors that Zach Brown has offered that up to Danny as a, uh, hey, I know we offered you a great seat. We offered you a great opportunity and we just haven't delivered the equipment and we haven't been able to deliver the strategy and chances just haven't worked out or, uh, you know, the things have just gone wrong and we still like you as a driver. You're still a great personality. I think he and Zach Brown have a very good relationship as just people. Um, I think they match up personality wise uh, quite a bit. So I think that there is something personal there. And I know it's a business and who cares about personal relationships. But I think that that would be a situation where you might see Danny end up driving for the Indy series instead of F1 next year. But there is also a chance now that Alpine has a seat that's open. Yeah. Danny Ricardo might go back to Alpine, which I say go back. Because he left Renault, <laughs> yeah, for McLaren, and people were like, "Why are you leaving Renault? They're just about to get a good car." And he went to McLaren because McLaren had promised him a good car, and he had great talent. Still does have great talent. It would be so weird to see him go back to Alpine. Yeah, uh,
1: that would let me tough. let me ask you let me ask you a question here what do you think of just Fernando going to Aston Martin? Like, is this like when I heard this, my initial thought was like, yep, this is what Fernando does. He constantly downgrades his quality of team and, and car. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think he, this, that was something that I immediately was like, Oh, Fernando, why would you do that? And then there were, a bunch of reporters and a bunch of people in f1 saying well and we even talked about this too where aston martin has this wind tunnel program where they're like sinking like a like 300 million dollars into their testing facilities and into this brand new uh actual real f1 dedicated uh compound right there in uh i think it's in silverstone i think it's like or it's very close to silverstone um but That might be what it is. He may have had a peek at what they've got coming down the pipe for development. He may have been kind of offered, because he is so ruthless and so cutthroat, I think he and Lawrence are cut from the same cloth. And I think Lawrence just looks at Fernando as like, he will do whatever he can to win a world championship. And I think that Fernando's looking at Stroll, as Lawrence Stroll, as like, hey, this guy's willing to sink money into it, and he's also willing to flirt with, are we violating the rules in the spirit of the rules? Look at the pink Mercedes. Look at the upgrades that they brought that looked like uh, the Red Bull upgrades this year. I think that, and based on who we know Alonzo is, he'll use the rules to his benefit, even if it looks gross and feels gross, right? Like, And I think that that is the way that aston martin has functioned since racing point since they were the pink mercedes right so i think that is something that alonzo feels as though he could use to his benefit um i think what what do do you think johnny
1: um i think you know i i just stand by like Alonzo is just like, I don't need a good car to be an agent of chaos. Yeah. Uh I'll I'll go wherever wherever I can go. And I think if he's just like annoyed at one team and going to another and the car might be even more difficult to drive, like that's kind of his style at this point. And he's also he's the guy that uh arguably gets the most out of the worst cars out of any driver on the grid. Yeah. Um, and was- we've seen that, you know, time and time again.
0: I also saw a a conversation between a couple of journalists where they were saying that, uh, Alonzo, there's like a total of, this sounds wild to me, but it's possible that he has missed out on being a champion by like five or less points, uh, in five seasons. So like he could legitimately be a, like a five or six time world champion at this point uh, just based on like how the points fell earlier on when he, when like Lewis was not in a severely dominant car, right? I
1: mean, I, I would say if he hadn't gotten two world championships at the start of his career uh, I would consider his career to be tragic uh, for his level of talent and ability and the, you know, the the narrow misses that he's had or the the poor equipment that he's been stuck with
0: and, and or just someone else's misfortune like there are things that have happened along the way where other cars have I mean this happened with Felipe Massa too right like where like he was world champion for like almost a minute until uh lewis passed timo glock for like fifth place or something like that it was like something wild and it was a timo glock had like a little off like that's the only reason lewis got past him and it's the only reason he was the world champion mm-hmm. that year and that felipe wasn't and i think that is one of those situations where in earnest the championship was decided by the actions of someone other than the people who were fighting for the world championship at that point. I think Fernando. Like Michael was, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, s- another race car driver uh currently driving in a race car. Ugh. Um so
1: so all right. So the
0: the, the I thought we were music- gonna get through this without mentioning Abu Dhabi, but uh, we can't yeah yeah. The uh,
1: the <laughs> the music the musical chairs are getting all scrambled up. Uh if you could see Danny Rick end up I guess not anywhere but is there beyond the obvious conclusion of Alpine is there anywhere else that you would like to see Danny Rick uh land
0: I think there's a real chance that he will end up at uh at Williams Mm -hmm. um because the options for Williams right now are Nick DeVries and who else uh is potentially going to get that Williams seat who was who else was was oh, in line for sure. that? um that might oh actually maybe that's the that's the American seat that is the the Williams maybe was offering that seat up to to our American buddy um yeah, I don't know though I'm not sure
1: do you think there's any chance we could see Danny Rick in a haas?
0: maybe maybe i mean he would fit the american style of haas and gene haas uh also haas f1 is part of haas motorsports and they're one of the most winning teams on the american race circuit so i could maybe see that being a good fit for him i don't want to even think about someone going to haas because that means i have to entertain the idea of mick schumacher not being an f1 um I don't want to see that happen. Uh,
1: Is there a world where Mick ends up at Alfa Romeo as a pseudo Ferrari feeder team?
0: Maybe, but I did. I was listening to I think it was Ed Straw on the race saying that Ferrari, in essence, have like taken their hands uh, off. Mick's career at this point mm-hmm. they were insistent on him getting a, a spot at Haas and then I think after that they were like you're on your own kid uh, that is what I understand their relationship to be it's not that they've like totally divorced themselves from him but he was part of their junior driver academy he was part of their feeder series like they wanted to get him to F1 and now they got him to F1 and are going
1: kid we'd love to help you But we just had a toxic clown gas spill in the garage and everyone's uh, everyone's sprouting red noses and rainbow wigs. Yeah,
0: well, uh, here's the thing. They think it's at the garage. They think the spill happened in the garage, but it actually happened back at the factory. Yeah. it's like a it's like a water source issue Mm -hmm. where they're like oh god why am i why why am i having the worst uh gut pain in my entire life and it's like well you've been drinking from a poison well uh for the past year this is this is
1: actually pretty close to the plot of the 1989 tim burton batman film of oh yeah poisoning uh you know Poison, contaminating the the water supply with stuff that turns everyone into clowns yeah
0: right? yeah yeah that's right? um yeah um was it like put a smile on your face uh yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. there joke. we go yeah. Yeah, um, love those, it. Those luscious lips. Uh,
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, so uh, any any other aspects of silly season you wanna you wanna touch on?
0: I mean, I know that since we've been recording for a half hour, there's a good chance that <laughs> it's everything probably been
1: major yeah. <laughs> developments unfolding left and right.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, but maybe maybe we'll see. I mean, there hasn't, no one's talked about, like, Kevin Magnuson. Kevin Magnuson was slotted into Haas at the very, like, the last moment. So, like, maybe he'll dip out. Maybe he wants to go back and spend more time with his family, like he was doing when he got the call.
1: He supposedly has a multi-year Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. which, you know, there's also Nico Hulkenberg, the the super sub, right? He yep. was in yeah, Seb's yeah. seat in Aston Martin when Seb got sick earlier this year with COVID. So he might end up in one of these seats. He's proved himself amazing at hopping into a car and adapting and getting good time out of it and good pace out of a car. Again, he was in the Aston Martin and he was getting decent like times when he was subbing in in a car that was underperforming. So maybe Nico will come back into the, to the fray. Um, so there's still, there's so much that could happen. There's so much, John. It's yeah. it's great, but also like exhausting. And I feel like an idiot every time I form an opinion because then something just disrupts it
1: yeah it's all it's all bound to get undercut at any moment um i love it i'm happy that the silly season is a little extra silly yeah this season i'm glad that it's also perfectly unfolding during the summer breaks that we have like a little extra bit of entertaining (laughs) f1 action to pay attention to and particularly i mean if you're following any of this on Twitter, I think Twitter has become the the pantheon of yes watching these teams humiliate themselves as they try to make confident announcements and you know share sophisticated plans that they've been arranging and then just have even like the most junior drivers uh, not even in the sport yet undercut them oh. uh, publicly in front of everyone. It's uh, it's it's like, pretty pretty pretty
0: hilarious. People who who are not familiar with the sport probably don't understand how like what an incredible moment it was for literally what you just mentioned a driver who's not even in the sport to come out and publicly say hey this team that i've been driving for that i'm literally part of their junior driver program this team who just said i have a seat i have not been guaranteed a seat next year but i am not driving for them like that in and of itself as an isolated incident in silly mm-hmm. season is like, has never been witnessed, uh, like ever. Um, no driver has ever said, no, nah, I'm not driving for y'all. No, I'm just not doing it. It just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. so, uh, the last little thing you mentioned Twitter here before we dip out, there is a Lewis Hamilton article that just dropped that we have, neither of us have read. We talked about, we, we, do we want to talk about it this episode? But no, because we haven't read it. Uh, It does look like it delves into how he felt after Abu Dhabi last year. Um, So there's a lot there that I'm sure we'll talk about um, in an upcoming episode, especially since uh, this we're in the middle of the downtime. So next week, we're going to be doing uh, something a little bit different and maybe discussing uh, this specific race circuit that Lewis has been traumatized by. Um, uh, yeah, so we're gonna talk about that, but there's a beautiful picture of Lewis who's on the cover of Vanity Fair, and not to be outdone, we've got Carlos and Charles on the cover of GQ magazine for September. Have you seen?
1: Wow, no, I have not seen this. Oh. I,
0: uh, Oh, they are sitting at the <laughs> tail end of a Ferrari. Carlos is uh he's rocking race gloves like like full-on gloves. Yeah. Look look this picture up, John, cuz it is it is beautiful. Uh, it's a beautifully shot picture, beautifully framed composition. The prancing horse is between them, but it's a little bit closer to Charles than it is to Carlos. Like there's just this beautiful thing that you're seeing. The bottom of their boots kind of look like tires. Uh, they're in like these matching suits is- that have leather. It's this. It's incredible. The picture is incredible, uh, but it's also very funny because. Ferrari may end up with less points than Mercedes at the end of this year. Uh, this is just so funny. Um, but yeah, that that's these are two things that I'm very interested because the 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 blurb is Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc chase Formula One glory. That's like the byline under Team Ferrari, and I wow. just can't wait to hear how they're trying to spin this in a positive way. yeah yeah
1: that's uh that's pretty that's pretty amazing sorry i just pulled this up that's it's some pretty dramatic looking uh sort of stuff uh how how Mm. wonderful i mean what what a time to be alive as an american fan and that like in the same month formula one is if you went to a newsstand as if those things even exist anymore yeah uh, you go to the newsstand and on the cover of gq you've got the ferrari drivers on the cover of vanity fair you've got lewis hamilton uh it's pretty pretty terrific ah incredible
0: both in like just like the sexiest repose too (laughs) just like dripping sex appeal and it's amazing um yeah,
1: Ma- mattia bonotto on the cover of clown Enthusiast yes! monthly oh.
0: uh um, and he's got half clown makeup on and half no clown makeup on um yep. yeah god all right well johnny we've got more to talk about but we're gonna cut it here because you know no one wants to listen to us go on and on about the speculation because they can speculate themselves where can
1: speculate with us
0: further yeah speculate with us further we've got another couple of weeks of this until we get to see the on-track shenanigans of ferrari so let's let's have some fun in the meantime where can the folks find you online where where can, uh, they, where can they track you y- down
1: you can find me best on uh twitter my handle's at johnny motion cory where can the folks find you
0: i'm also on twitter more frequently than any other platform and you can find me as burn cory burn on there what do you think do you think f1 stock went up this week in the in the u.s johnny what do you think
1: yes i i will only <laughs> because uh yeah. twitter drama is definitely like a a staple of american culture at this point and yeah. we we saw a lot of it this week
0: we love drama we love beef we love uh uh like internet shattering news and we're getting it all on twitter uh, f- yeah, from F one, and it act- it's nice because it's not like toxic. For the first time, the discourse on Twitter doesn't feel toxic. It feels a lot more lighthearted and like, what the hell is going on? We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looking forward to that being destroyed after this Vanity Fair article really picks up steam. <laughs> because if, just from the little blurbs I'm reading here, it looks like he's gonna talk about it. So yeah, we'll again we'll discuss that next week. on the F1 file.